Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. This some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is May. Officially. Mm-hmm. We've done four months of this shit. Our 52-year journey through film. And uh, we're here in the year 1988. Mm-hmm. Where we are discussing anime film My Neighbor Totoro. And... Uh, I am Colton Robertson, joined, of course, by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Thanks for having me. Uh, happy late. May the 4th be with you. Um, uh, yes, of course. I'm sure we did something big for that, mm-hmm. um, as we are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so go check that out. Our, our May the 4th spectacular, like, part three. I am also joined, again, for, like, the third time on our 52-year journey through film. Tavares Pennington. What's up, homie? How's it going? How's it going? You know? Oh, oh, I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You've been you've been with us for a few really, really fun movies to talk about. Yeah. Uh, You know, we started with The Breakfast Club, which is just a just a classic. Uh, You were with us last week uh, to talk space balls. And we couldn't have gone pretty much more opposite this week with my neighbor (laughs) Totoro. Yeah, um, but opposite but obscure in, in, in a similar-ish way. You know, those are both, I think, uh, wild cards uh, compared to our normal choices. They certainly are. And frankly, after these last couple of weeks, I just want to keep going off in our random directions now because this is these have been, I mean, they're not more fun to talk about, but they're arguably more fun to watch. Uh but I don't know. Next week we're doing Dead Poet Society, so we'll be right back in the fucking thick of it. Tears running down our face. <laughs> It'll be all cool. But uh, god damn, I'd never watched this movie. Um, let, let me let me lay the groundwork for the people real quick. Let me let me get all the information that I I am usually usually spitting lacking right now. But uh. My Neighbor Totoro released on July 13th. Oh, wait. Hold on. Released in Hong Kong, July 15th, 1988, and in Japan, April 16th, 1988. And uh, so, just not too not too uh, far off from this here date in May, but uh, written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, who was the founder of Studio Ghibli and went on to create many, many classics in the in the anime genre with a, like spirited away and plenty of others but uh this one was uh there was just something about it the the peacefulness of it the the quaintness of it if you will uh mm-hmm. that really really drew me in yeah no i that was kind of the main thing i noticed uh about the way that the movie was directed i guess 
was the long periods of silence that you kind of silence like it wasn't really silence it was, things were happening it just there was no words so you're just kind of yeah you're just kind of watching you're on this on this mental journey it's really just characters. artful you know like it, it was like we're we're creating we're drawing art for you here and we want you to look at it because the visuals in this were fucking beautiful mm. uh i really really enjoyed it damn i just uh was looking at the IMDb page and the uh, director of this, like it's actually kind of based on his life. His mother was uh, suffered with spinal tuberculosis and was in the hospital and like mm. stuff like that. That's that makes this just way more sad. Well, and there's that. also the uh, the fact that like I I read something like that too, and you can tell this is something of a uh, a period piece. It doesn't feel so much like it takes place in the 80s. Mm. And uh, the idea is that it might have it, it takes place in sort of the 50s when when Miyazaki would have been a kid. And uh, because you see like the the telephone that looks like it's fucking forever years old and. Uh, and there's no like paved roads, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just, uh, this is this is a time of. Uh, it's just it wasn't nearly as developed and it's set in like this post war for Japan like fresh mm-hmm. off of World War Two, so it's like it's still kind pumping of a, to get your water, you know? Right. It's kind of an homage mm-hmm. to like the beauty of Japan before it was I mean like became very industrialized. Yeah. And their environment was destroyed. Yeah, no, that's a um that's a I think that's a real good strength of this of this movie too and how it, it's it feels like the world is it's like a it's like a, almost like a communist place. Like it's like everyone is kind of just like working together in a community. The kids are just running around with tasks seemingly as poor, as important as the adults. <laughs> the, right. Like that's a funny thing to me about it. Like the adults were just kind of just doing their thing, but they weren't always like they weren't really concerned about what the kids' daily life looked like. Like they were just kind of like, "We'll feed you." Other than that. Uh, go to work, go do your business, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> The craziest thing to me, like this is like objectively a children's movie, you know, but like, it's not like, it's not just for children. There are a lot of, there's a lot of stuff here that I think only adults will get out of the movie. Oh, like, yeah. uh, I, I like, I can't imagine a child sitting through this movie and not, not getting bored. However, it kept me the entire time. Like like for for a small child this is probably a hard one to just sit down and watch um and you know like at the end when they're looking for may like a, a kid's not going to grasp that fear the way that we grasp that fear like right. oh fuck where like the fact that they leave her off screen for so long and it's like and a kid watching will just be like oh damn they better find may but we're like i was actually fucking nervous like they found mm-hmm. the fucking sandal in the water and i was like Oh my god! This <laughs> yeah, took no. A turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this this movie was very hard to uh, to to guess where it was going next. Um, whenever you thought you knew what was going to happen, um, something wild, you know, Totoro would just pop up, or you know, Cat Bus would would come in, open its door with that weird noise, you know, okay, that it cat made. Bus. Um, cat Bus okay. kind of clutched though. Um, cat Bus is huge. Love so, Cat Bus. Yeah, Catbus kind of kind of clutch. Weird Cat at Bus first. Is... I didn't didn't really trust Catbus 
right off rip. Don't know why. It's the, it kinda... it's the, it's the vibe that like, there was a lot of stuff here that reminded me of like Alice in Wonderland. Um, and that was one of the things that reminded me of the fucking cat whose eyes you could only see and the big ass smile that mm. it had. I can't even, I can't remember its fucking name, but, uh, I remember when I was a kid, that scared the shit out of me. So whenever this popped up on screen, I was a little bit like, hmm, <laughs> whom's to my you be? It's, uh... it's just cat bus. Uh, just this graceful, like whenever it jumped off those power lines and like landed right next to May, you know, just like did this like swan dive, you know, with all of its like eight legs, you know, just like spread or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just. I, it was just insane. Like this movie, like uh, incredibly crazy. Like had yeah, it was just like thinking you knew what was going to happen next, and then that happened. You know, Catbus shows up, and then Totoro sprouts this gigantic tree out of the ground, and then gets a top out of his pocket, spins it, jumps on it. Everyone jumps on him, and they fly. You know, it's like it's like. Woo! It, you know, like just this dreamscape, you know, that's like, I don't know. It was so it was just awesome to watch. And it's really interesting because you can kind of tell that it's like. It feels like these creatures exist, like, you know, but there's also this weird thing where it might just be the imaginations of of these children. And I don't think it's that I think we're set in a fantastical world where, you know, this shit is actually happening. But I think there's something there about like how. It's more about the children's imagination. And I love that the parents in this movie are not like your parents in a typical children's movie who would typically go, no, you didn't see shit. Shut your fucking mouth and mind your business. Their dad was just like, hell yeah, it might have been a spirit of the forest, man. Go find it. That's a that's a great thing I find about like uh, Japanese animation is that the way that they think about lore is way different than us it's almost as if like when we in in western shows when we discover lore it is a it is quite literally a discovery like there it is uh, something that was like tr- attempted to be concealed by someone and then picked up by the main character in this situation it's just lore that had to be passed down from the parents they're just like oh yeah yeah this thing yeah this exists this is normal um mm-hmm. just uh, this is the whole thing <laughs> Even like the dad was like, let's go greet them. You know, let's give them a proper greeting. And he took them to the tree and like did, you know, like the little ritual of like talking to him and bowing to him and stuff, you know, like it was a, I don't know, it's way more fun. You know, even like as a parent, you know, you have your kid come to you and say these things, you know, it's way more fun to be like, oh yeah, totally. Like, yeah, let's go check it out instead of being like, yeah, that's not real. Like just shutting down a kid's imagination, you know, like has to be, like, one of the biggest just piece of shit moves you can make. Like, you only, like, have your imagination, like, when you're young, and it kind of sucks that, like, it's not adult to have an imagination, you know? Because, like, that shit was awesome. We could we could have a box, you know, and have the time of our lives, like, with a box, you know, like, when we were two. Um, but, like, now we have to, like, be stimulated in every possible way, like, you know, but... uh, I'm just trying to feel something. Yeah, like, this was just, like, a beautiful, like, I don't know. Like, there's so many things to, like, get out of this movie. Like, yeah, like, like, love your inner child, you know? Like, just, like, grasp that. And, like, like, let your imagination just be free. But, like, I also got, like, 
like the connection to nature like with this movie you know like how mm-hmm. like they will only show themselves like if they want you know to be shown you know like you have to like be looking with good intentions you know like basically like stuff like that like i don't know this movie like as a kid's movie like had some very you know very adult themes and stuff that kids definitely weren't grabbing onto you know like while they're watching this movie um, oh no way like they're they just see big totoro and they're like oh Oh, cute. Oh, my God. That, I want to give him a hug, you know? Like, I want to be so fluffy. I'm going to die. That umbrella is so small for him. Like, no way. It's, you know, like, obviously, like, how his. About, how about the uh, the poster being neither one of the two girls? Mm. It's not Mei and it's not Satsuki. Um, apparently, the original incantation of this book was, or this book, this, this movie was, uh, that there was only one, one girl, really, and this is who that character was. But it became inconceivable of a such a small child to go be able to do all of this on her own. So they needed to give her an older sister. And the interesting right. thing is that uh, Satsuki means the month May in Japanese, and huh. May is the other character's name. That's so uh, cool. And May uh, I think I think that's just kind of like yeah, we they were once like conceived as the same person and we're just kind of playing that game with you which i thought was interesting i think that's really effective for the because for the way that the story communicates itself too because i think as we've pointed out you know like it can appeal to younger and older audiences and it does that by using um mei and satsuki in each of the to represent each of the rules because satsuki if at a point you can just be like what what is it about satsuki that makes her a child not not much like at this point like she's she may as well just be the guardian of may like the father he's a good dude i guess but you know he's out there writing and teaching or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah honestly no, yeah. she's doing more than the dad like yeah. she's like taking the umbrella to the bus stop like making may lunch um, getting her like ready for school and like everything like when the dad's waking up late sleeping in again whatever he said you know like yeah she's always the one who's who's on it and, like actually keeping everyone like in line and stuff um, yeah and I, I like that they made a point to like kind of express that because their mother is sick and like she their mother even says at the end of the movie like she's always been so adult you know like she's never been a, she's she's never had a chance to be a kid in, in the recent years, so, like, she's just been expressing herself in a uh, very mature way, which is, uh, I mean, you see it whenever she, she tries to, you finally see her, like, kind of childish side whenever she, you know, shoves her feelings down and yells at May for, you know, whenever she ran off to be with Granny and then she cried in her arms and May saw it and she was like, you know what, fine, I'm gonna take this corn to my ma, like, uh, but it was also like a lot of adults do that shit. <laughs> they shove their feelings down and then they throw it in someone else's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, that 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 is this this says a lot about like this probably says more than most adults even can understand about emotional resonance with the child too. Like, because it's like even though May was quite young and portrayed to be this the sort of um, avenue to children she's still not dumb like she's not by any means like portrayed as dumb like she's very aware of the her sort of situation 
and that's like that that adds like because you know it i was thinking about if this is this is of course a happy movie you know it's a children's oh movie. very feel good but why does it feel sad and it feels sad because you're realizing that this young child is dealing with such like emotionally difficult things it's true but like i think that's like it, there there's something to be said about like how they're tre- like they're not treating them like kids you yeah. know like they're they're being straight up with them they're tell- they're telling them what's happening and keeping them in the loop they're not hiding things from them and in that they have the ability to to grow up you know facing these things and not afraid of them like they're they're fully aware of the things that can happen and de- like death is always around the corner like this whole movie because their mother's uh-huh. sick and then you know whenever may goes off on her own she doesn't realize her own danger she only sees her mother's danger which i thought was i thought that was effective and cute yeah very cute you know the whole time it's very wholesome like you know like cute little moments like when they're in the bath together and the dad's just like let's just laugh and and they'll all go away and then like <laughs> legitimately they just start floating back into the tree you know it's like when it's you know it's kind of like the home is full of like love and laughter so like these things are just leaving and it's like oh like oh my God, that's so the, gran- the granny says it too she's like she's like they they're trying to see if you're good people and if mm-hmm. if you're happy and if you are they'll leave and like that they, they sit there and they laugh together and they're like all right we're out this bitch then uh and i was like originally when they first popped up i was like what am i about to watch yeah yeah it's so i I was looking up some stuff about it too and so uh totoro or like the uh the the animals that appear the creatures they're meant to represent trolls totoro is Mm -hmm. a um mean is a japanese word for troll which i thought was also interesting too because that means that you know, to them, I don't. I didn't really think of what these represent so too much. Like I didn't think. Yeah, it's like a bunny meets an owl meets a dog. <laughs> but like to them, you know, they're hearing when they hear Totoro, they're hearing something like, "Oh, this this thing that people don't want to go near." You know what I mean? That's endearing. Oh, That's and and I. And I love the like childlike innocence of May. Whenever like if an adult slides down that tube and lands on Totoro's stomach, they're they're yelling, they're screaming, and they're running away. But May, being a four year old, cuddles up and asks him what's his name. And I think that like that's like that speaks to the innocence of the child and the beauty of it. Like it's like the beauty of youth just being perfectly young and innocent and not afraid. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, what a I don't know. Like Imagine if this movie, like, was, uh, like, live action, you know? Like, because there's always a a reason to have, like, a movie be animated, right? Like, because there's no way they could have done some of these things, like, in live action. Like, Cat Bus and, and Totoro and, like, you know, cert- like, the, the tree sprouting. Like, so, you know, obviously, like, this works way better in animation. Um, and like Especially I, at the time. Yeah, and like it's just beautiful animation. Like it's like, was this uh, you know the meme where it's like this is a butterfly, and it's like the guy that's like it, the dad looked exactly like that meme, and I thought that the, it was gonna pop up in the movie, but it never did. 
I'm um, I'm gonna be I I think I'd be fair to assume that that's also like a Studio Ghibli product somewhere, mm-hmm. um, written and directed by the same guy Hayao Miyazaki because he man that dad looked exactly like that meme like different hair but like the yeah. face was like was on but uh yeah I'm not sure what that might be from but uh it's funny there's someone out there who's an anime fan who's like I know exactly <laughs> what that's from how do you not know anime blah 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 like, no, and that's what's interesting too is I'm not a big anime guy. You know, I've uh, I've watched a few like a couple anime series. Um, I've watched uh, Death Note and uh, Neo Yokio, Jaden Smith's anime, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've watched Star Wars Visions. But uh, I've never I've never made the full leap. I've watched a few episodes of Attack on Titan and stuff. And I watching this, I realized. The movies is how I make that happen. I'm like, I gotta watch the movies, not the shows, to get to get fully invested in it. Mm. Um, uh, the yeah. meme is from the Brave Fighter of Sun Firebird, by the way. Um, mm. So, very obscure, or maybe not obscure anime. Sorry, um, if you, if but the title sounds obscure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I would say I I've been kind of wanting to get back and in, get into like anime movies because like I haven't watched too too much anime recently but um, anime movies I've only seen like a few of I just know like if you watch anime movies of like series and shit like that shit's trash like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I probably I'd uh... stick to the ones where like I didn't have to know any lore I yeah. just watch there's. There's corny anime, and then there's anime where it's, like, really good, where they use that, like, corniness and over-exaggeration to, like, its benefit. Like, Death Note, Attack on Titan, like, the big animes that you hear, like, you hear of them because they are, like, just legitimately good, like, shows. Like, and the story is just that good, where, like, the, like, you don't even realize it's, like, anime while you're watching it. It's, like, you're just so in the world that, like, it's so good. Um... And, like, this is, like, kind of the same. Like, it's so, like, that. that's why, like, I think a lot of people love anime and they s- stick to watching anime, like, only is because you really feel like you're in the world whenever you're watching whatever you're watching, you know? Like, when we're watching this movie, like, I was in, you know, I kind of felt like I was in this world, you know? I, I really wasn't taken out of this movie at all. Like, I... <laughs> didn't get, I didn't check my phone much, you know? I didn't, like, look away. I was, like, really invested like into right. this world and stuff like that. And that's... Yeah. And especially coming off of watching Spaceballs, like I'm like, man, that hour and a half went by way quicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <For laughs> the sure. Spaceballs hour and a half, but it's because it had a compelling story to tell. Like there was, there was something about the fantasticalness of this world that um, kept you wanting to know how the story was going to get resolved. And that's, what's interesting too, is that like along with, like it kept subverting expectations, especially for a children's movie. You know, typically in a children's movie, you get a lot of flashes and like big store, like big moments where it's like early on anyway. But you don't meet Totoro until a third of the way through this movie. It's mm-hmm. not until over thirty minutes in that you meet Totoro, so you, you don't really get the fantastical nature of this. Besides the smut uh, things, <laughs> camera yeah, like, gremlins, uh, gremlins. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think they 
they called them that, but then they were actually something else. Like when the granny came in and said like the actual name of what yeah. they were. But yeah, what a weird like they didn't really amount to really be anything, you know? Like yeah. it was just uh It was just kind of easing you into the fantasticalness yeah, of this well, world, I think. They showed up later at the, around the end when um Satsuki was going to get Totoro's help to find Mei. They like mm-hmm. revealed the path for her or something. So I mean, they all I mean, opened their eyes too for the first time, which was weird. Yeah, and so I meant that was kind of like a, or I think that I thought that was meant as sort of a um, a smaller metaphor at the beginning of the movie to kind of foreshadow Totoro, the dust mites. Gotcha. Dust mites. Smut dust mites. mites. <laughs> they, they, oh yeah. What was that? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that I really, really enjoyed that, like, uh, there's there's not conflict between the characters, not until, like, the last 15, 20 minutes. Like, there's, there's like, nothing where you're like, Who, wow, we need mm. to resolve this. It's just, it's just a, events unfolding before you, but they're done in such a satisfying way to look at and, uh, just really good characterization. You know, like, I, I cared about these characters really quickly. Mm-hmm. They did a really effective job with that. I mean, that's basically, like, until May is lost, like, it, the whole movie is just getting you to care about them. Like, basically. You know, like, you really care about them whenever May is lost, you know? And it, like, actually makes her being lost feel way more impactful way more impactful than if it were just to happen at the very beginning of the movie um and i don't know yeah this movie was just beautiful like the the soundtrack uh oh, the was soundtrack was beautiful was you know like oh my goodness um, i mean as soon as they were like i think it was when the cat bus showed up the first time the mm-hmm. music that played during that part i was like oh yeah okay hmm yeah, a lot, a lot of the parts of the movies where there wasn't any dialogue and just something like was happening and they were just like it, like you were just taken through this experience and the song in the background was just this like twinkly kind of Disney esque, you know, like very feel good song, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, I don't know, I, was, I, I, it was just beautiful. I'd never watched this movie before and it made me feel nostalgic. Mm. It like it reminded me of of watching like a. I mean, like, I was real young when I watched this, but it had Winnie the Pooh vibes mm. um, out the ass, so that made me nostalgic as fuck. Uh, and it reminded me of all the Disney animated shit we watched when we were little, you know, like uh, like uh, The Little Mermaid and shit like that. Like, that was that that was kind of the vibes I got out of this. But they were like, we're going to make it even weirder. See, <laughs> and the, another beautiful part I feel like about this is they did not make it a franchise it's just a movie it's just just the movie movie. but like if if this were america they would have they would have been like so when's the sequel they'd be like we gotta have a sequel Mm -hmm. you know how much money we made on that we gotta have a sequel (laughs) right Mm. yeah with uh with winnie the pooh being public domain as well real quick he's he's also one of our mascots now uh just to add him on the team uh he's public domain we can just take him now Um, yeah. Wait, really? But, Official Penny Bloom logo. Domain. Uh, you can't window. can't use the uh, like the depiction that Disney has of Winnie the Pooh that's still under copyright, but you can use the character of Winnie the Pooh. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Totoro was that on patreon.com slash Coral Bloom <laughs> on the episode titled Winnie the Pooh is public domain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Totoro was like just this big, fluffy, huggable dude, you know, just this magical guy that was just clutch in every scenario. Oh, um, yeah, like <laughs> dude made made their uh their what what's it called? Their seeds sprout, you know, for the first time. Yes. Um uh, helped find May, you know, cat just called Cat Bus. Um, he was like you, you know, I got just the guy. Yeah. Totoro was like he was the guy to go to. You know, he he was he was clutch. And I also thought it was cool that, like, uh, Satsuki, like, kind of exhausted her options before going to Totoro. Like, Mm -hmm. she just kind of, like, she was like, fuck, I have to go to him Mm -hmm. for this. Totoro should have been like, why didn't you come to me first, huh? Am I not not good enough for you? (laughs) You you don't want to be in debt to me. (laughs) Is that that what it is? I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. No, but yeah, Totoro was, uh, he was a G. And I like that, you know, because, uh, there are a few, there are a few examples of this type of character that work really well, uh, where they don't really say shit, but they're just really cool and really fun to be around. Uh, yeah. reminded me of Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't understand what Chewbacca's saying, but you fucking love having Chewbacca around. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'd love to have Totoro around. I mean, he's a little cuter than Chewbacca for my money, but uh, I don't know. Live action Totoro might be a little bit more it, horrifying. It's like a Chewbacca. Furby, basically. Yeah, you know? Furbies are kind of creepy. Um, it's kind of weird that we play with Furbies. They were really some ugly looking toys. And I never touched things. a fucking Furby, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm envious. The fuck is a Furby? I'm in. Oh. Thank you. Oh, you have the best. I am so envious of you. Oh my god, my... we got we got every step of the Furby ladder. Wow. He 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 had a Furby and played with it. I knew what no. Furbies was. No, my sister just fu- had them. Ah, and uh, they terrorize me, man. They, those things are freaking terrifying. If you don't know what they are, just stay that way. It's better that you don't know. I mean, they ain't that bad. I, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not that. As a as a child, though. Um, oh yeah, those were freaky. Mm. Yeah, put oh, yourself you went ahead and looked into Furbies. Put yourself I'm in the in the in the hell. child shoes. Yeah, whenever you're looking at that monstrosity of a creature. Ah, uh, why does it have a unibrow? I don't. It, there's so many questions. <laughs> they talk so too. Some of them out. talk. They talk. Yeah, and they move their eyes and like their beak thing. Yeah. Were they like? Were they at least not like pelting you with these? Were they like just like leaving them in odd places? Yeah, yeah, they just stare at you, you know, and uh, that's that's enough. That's enough. Like a dark corner where one's just sit, you know, sitting there, just just looking in a direction, and you're like, the Furby's eyes look like all variations of a high of some very strong drug. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> ketamine. Probably all of them were on. I'd assume. Yeah, I, yeah, they're very, you know, T- Totoro was. Uh, I'd ra- I'd much rather than be animated. Totoro, like Totoro just looked high. That's it. Like that was he was, that he was, was just chilling. Like, Totoro just was off shrooms the whole time. <laughs> just sleep until he was needed. You know, like. Uh... And, and Joe, you you talked about the connection to nature that this movie kind of provides. Uh, 
I think that there was something cool about the fact that, like, when you see Cat Bus run past the farmers, they don't see Cat Bus, but they feel the wind. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, whenever Totoro gets out the top and he spins it, and they're like, we are the wind. Like, I think that's just, like, what it what it looks like. There's some sort of connection to nature where they're like, yeah, we're, we run the wind, bitch. Mm-hmm. This is us. It's like Mother Nature, straight up. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I just like to think that there's these this big trees all around, you know, and there's just Totoros all around. You know, they just have their own area that they control, you know, like the stuff of and grow everything. Like, Five I, would, families of I love to think that to- Totoro just goes out at night and just, you know, goes to crops and <sighs> then just does that dance, you know, like the – the sprout dance just to get yes. plants to grow like i hope there's just totoros around the whole world just doing that and that's how all of our plants grow um. i loved the scene where they were uh they were sitting with the umbrellas right and totoro hears the here's the water droplet hit his umbrella and he's like oh mm. then he hears it again and he's like oh i like that serotonin mm. dopamine okay. mm. Hulk smashed that shit and just got like more rain than they've ever experienced on top of them. Yeah, sent a four on the Richter scale of an earthquake in the surrounding area, you know, like dude really sent that. Like but had to be satisfying though, you know? Like Ooh. Yeah, I know. What a what a strange part to include. Like it didn't really mean any like it was just there, you know? But like, that was kind of something we were talking about in the Patreon though. It was just appreciating a small mm. thing that happens, but it like being under an umbrella and hearing the rain hit the umbrella is really satisfying. And we like we probably don't appreciate that enough. Um It's true. Simp these little simple things. That's what yeah. Like simple things, you know, it, that's what it is. Like your imagination too. You you had the most simple of things that you could turn into anything you could you could ever imagine. A stick could be a sword or a lightsaber or mm. you know anything. You know, like a box could be a rocket ship. It could be a whole lab. Anything you know with your imagination and and with nature, like it's, it's those same like little things. There's all these little tiny beautiful things that if you just pay attention to you know like you every day you can walk past them and not notice them but if you just slow down for a little bit and pay attention like it's like just beautiful and peaceful yeah. it's it's really a testament to um just sort of the i the concept to me of working with nature not um like working it. along with nature not not sort of above it or um around it it's it's not a matter of like that that's kind of the thing that that's the turning point for the whole film right is when satsuki realizes that there's no the humans have no tools that can help them um or no ability to find may right now and so the natural answer is to go ask for the spirit of nature's ability to help i guess mm-hmm. right and like the granny like saying that that her vegetables always make people feel better, you know, just makes me want to believe that she's so in touch with nature that Totoro like puts like some magic in the vegetables, you know, that makes people heal or something like that. You know, like the more connected you are, the healthier your vegetables are and like the healthier you'll be. And like, I don't know, like 
just what a beautiful movie, you know. Like the more you think about it, it's like just aw, like so and heartwarming. Like I loved, I absolutely like, I love a movie with no antagonist. Mm. There wasn't anybody in this movie I didn't fuck with on some level. It was just like ah, oh, damn. Yeah. Like I thought, like yeah, I was like, is the dad gonna be like, you know, is he gonna turn in some way? And then it's like no, no, nothing bad ever really happened, you know, other than May just being lost, like, you know. No, it's it, and it's nice. Uh, it's a nice reprieve to have one of those kind of films. I haven't watched something. I mean, Spaceballs is no Spaceballs had an antagonist. Uh, <laughs> um, they, everybody in that movie is a fucking antagonist, bro. <laughs> Mel Brooks is an antagonist in real life for making it. I gotta know what this guy looks like now. I gotta yeah. know what Mel Brooks looks like because I'm only thinking of Mel Gibson because like of <laughs> yeah like I'm only think every time Mel Brooks is brought up I only think Mel Gibson's face <laughs> oh okay that is not yeah that's very different he was in the movie wait he was President Scrooge <laughs> and Yogurt no way okay okay uh, okay wait he was Willy Wonka or did he direct why is this showing up with Anyway, what a what a weird <laughs> sidetrack with Mel Brooks. Um, yeah, you got to give Spaceballs credit; it sticks with you. Yeah, man. Yeah, just can't get away from it. Um, maybe I got to get that merch. You know, gotta... it, it's a standard. You know, it's like it's something you measure everything else based off of. Is it better or worse than <laughs> Spaceballs? You know, I'm I'm pretty comfortable saying that this movie was better than Spaceballs. If it's uh, if it's better than uh, Spaceballs, it was at the very least bad. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> because Spaceballs is god fucking awful. <laughs> the two point one seven, you know, Spaceballs it's an all time low. Spaceballs that is an all time low. I don't feel like this one uh, will have the same fate. I think. No, I think this will go really well. Hmm. Uh, uh, as far as our our rating system goes, um. But yeah, are we are we ready for that? Is that like I I don't know how I don't know how much more I have to say about the movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was solid. Yeah, just, it was, solid. It was just pretty straightforward. It overall was like it was I, a children's movie after all. Rated G. Like I was I was afraid. I will say that the grandmother was gonna die in like a turn of the tables or something when they were running when they after they resolved the thing with the mother and they were going uh, back. I was like. That would have really been a punch to the chest, wouldn't it? They went back and Granny had died. Damn, that would have been rough. I'm glad it didn't happen. Um, There's also, there's like a, something that was like a theory that May wasn't, was, was, uh, there's a theory I saw that said that May was a ghost and like there was a part where you couldn't see her shadow or something and then there is a, yeah, but, I got that vibe that like they were the ones that were dead, uh-huh. um, like, and like uh-huh. the boy that shared like the the umbrella like really just left his umbrella there for like nobody, you know, like it was truly just a ghost and like I don't like it was weird. Like I was thinking that like uh, through the movie that they they were the ones that were uh-huh. dead and they could see like the like spirits of like Totoro and all them and stuff like that, but. And then I was like, "This is a kids' movie." They're not, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and uh, Hayao Miyazaki came out and said, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no, <laughs> that's not right." But uh, I was like, "I was like, man, I, that's I mean, like, I can kind of 
retroactively get those vibes, but that was nowhere near my brain when I was watching it the first time. I like because yeah. that was the thing is I felt like they so perfectly portrayed youth. Uh-huh. Portrayed youth. I said portrayed. Portrayed youth. Um, like the the way they expressed uh, specifically May, the way May expressed her emotions was, I've I've met that child. You yeah, know, like that, even like, right. That is, Right at the beginning of the movie where, like, they're seeing the house for the first time and that one post is, like, all rotten out, you know? Like, it's it's totally just a kid thing to, to laugh at that and be like, it's collapsing. It's, you know, like, it's your new house and, like, it's, you know, all beaten up and, like, looking bad. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, like, And let's I don't know. talk about this architecture. Mm. I fuck with this house. Why oh, do we yes. not have more more floor plans and homes like this in Literally. the West? Things in my Japanese apartment that just make and, sense. Can you, that TikTok, you know, like it. We need that everywhere. Like you, we need homes like this can, everywhere. Can you imagine how comfortable their floors have to be if they're just sleeping on them? Who would Who would have thought? Just turn the floor into the mattress. Don't buy mattresses. Those shits are like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, man. Like japanese culture like they're like tables you know like it's just little cushions that they sit on on the floor and their tables are like very low like your knee like sitting on your knees basically like at your table like everything is done like very low to the floor and like i love like you take your shoes off in the house you know like it and like every you leave them in the one like very specific place like japanese culture is just so cool like uh so just respectful um that's like one if i could care like categorize their culture in one word i would say like, it's very respectful and that's what it's based off of like respect but this movie like ah i love anything japanese and this movie was like just a so so like just such a feel-good movie to watch and you know like like you said but built on respect this entire movie like everybody like there was no disrespect anywhere like mm-hmm. everyone was just like you know what yeah, you probably did see a spirit of the forest. Like, yeah, that that is a thing that probably happened, and that's that's really cool. Oh, um, Maze Lost, we got to get everyone on this right now. Everybody's you know, like, got to yeah, be. Like, in oh, you can use, everybody yeah, in town on it. Yeah, that, so yeah, just what a man, what a feel good movie. Oh, like, I was like, I kind of teared up at the end. I was like, I was like, oh, like this is just <laughs> ended up sweet. Um, I I love the shit. Uh. But uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't have much else to say. Uh, I think we th- got thinks it. we ready for the for the ratings. I think we're ready. Yeah, I think so. Enjoyment level uh, out of five stars. I'm. Pre- I'll explain the rating system for everyone new here. If you're if you're new here for the first time, uh, we have three, uh, three scales of five stars. We go out of five stars based on our enjoyment of the movie. Out of five stars, how well it fulfilled its genre. And out of five stars, just overall as a film, critically, how was it out of five stars? And then we take that amalgamation, we put it together, it's our performative little algorithm, and it becomes our overall rating for the film. Mm-hmm. And we will do that here again, starting with our enjoyment rating of the film. I'm very high on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. This is like a, like I'll definitely watch this again. Like for sure, you know, just like one hundred percent. Like if I need a movie just to put on, just to have a feel good night, like yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm coming back. Um, at least a four and a half for me. Like at I'm, least. I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable putting it up in like four point eight, four point nine up there. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
maybe I don't know what I really hated about it. Actually, now that I think about it, you know, you didn't hate anything about um, it. I didn't anyway. I don't know. What are you guys? Tavar, how you feeling about it? Out of five stars on an enjoyment level. You know, I'm 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 probably around a four point. I was thinking four point seven, four point eight. You know. On the- okay, cool. I'm glad we're all very high on this movie. I was thinking four point seven five was probably right about where I wanted to sit, and I think I'm comfortable with that. Um, is this is this be agreeable? What would that? What are some What are some close ones in enjoyment there? If we put this at a four point seven five, uh, The Breakfast Club was a four point seven five. Um, Aliens was a four point eight. The Terminator was a four point eight. Um, and then another four point seven five was The Godfather Part Two. So in pretty good company. Um, if it's yeah. a four point seven five, and I, I feel like that's that, about that right. Sounds about right for me. So, yeah. but. With Terminator and Alien. I, I, could, I could put this mm. above those. I, I know. That's what I was about. That's I, what I was, I was like, that is off enjoyment, think, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think I go four point eight five with mm. this. Just, and I think I'd be I think I'd be fine declaring that. I dig it. I'm even comfortable going four point nine here. You know, given given it given it the full, you know. What's up there? What's up there in the fives and four point nines? Because I know we got a couple. We got Star Wars, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Godfather one five, yeah. Jaws five, Star Wars five, Raiders five, um, and then again, the Terminator and Aliens four point eight are the next highest after that. Ooh, okay. So, you know what? Let's do it. Let's throw it above Terminator and the and Aliens. I think it's a 4.85 in enjoyment there. Bam. It's in there. There you go. Does that make it a top five? It does make it a top five. Let's God see. Damn. One, That's crazy. two, three, four, five. It is the fifth. Yeah. That's huge. That's hu- That's a huge addition this week. Uh, as a genre. As it fulfilled the genre. Yes. A uh, children's. It's it's got to be five out of five. It's got to be a five out of five. Yeah. Oh god damn. Oh god damn. I mean, come on. And that was a film. Story was beautiful. Made you care about each character. Um, It was simple, like decept. Like I think it says in the description of H on HBO Max, deceptively simple. Like it's like. There's a lot to take to gleam from this just on surface, but if you just think about it, there's a lot more there. Yeah. And uh That's a big ooh. value. I'm like I'm high I'm high up there again. Like four four point seven five, four point eight. This was very beautifully made. Four point nine even, like, I'd be comfortable. Like this is like a beautiful movie. Like I'm down. I'm down like four point seven five as the floor. You know, like that's Tab, the how lowest. You feeling down there? Wait, which category is this? Just overall, like as uh, a film, critic. as a film, the story, the way it was written, what like all of it together. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, like four point right in the middle. I guess of where of the other two. So four. I'll be at four point nine, I guess. Four point yeah. nine. Four point nine five. 
I'm comfortable with a four point nine. I think like I, it's up there. I just think it's a it's a it it, it doesn't. It, it 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 doesn't try to do more than it needs to. It does exactly what it should, and that's it, it's not it's not over eager. It's not underwhelming. It is it is just right. It just does its it there, just does its thing. There's does something it? about it that is just right. Okay. So what? Where are we shaking? Because this this ended up being like one of the highest rated movies we've watched so far. It's crazy how this <clears throat> system works out sometimes, man. Let me let me just say. Um, comes out to a 4.92 uh, for the movie overall. And that puts it .01 behind Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Godfather Part 1. Puts it .01. They're a 4.93. Again, My Neighbor Totoro was a 4.92. That's perfect. That's um, exactly where I wanted it. And let's see. Right. Let's see where it is. Above, like this better not come out above Raiders and Godfather. It's, a, it's above Jaws. Jaws was a 4.83. Again, with Godfather Part 2 was a 4.83. So it is above that. Um, let's see. Above Aliens was a 4.7. So like, Yeah. Yeah. This is Yeah. It's up. It's a great start for the month of May. Yeah. (laughs) A five we have five. Star Wars is five. So that's our our one. Uh two and three or tied for second would be Godfather One and Jaw or God oh no. Just Godfather One. Oh, and Raiders. And then fourth. Yeah, fourth place is my neighbor Totoro now. So God damn. That sounds that's about crazy. right. Yeah, that's a top that's a new top five that's a new top fiver overall. I didn't anticipate that of this movie, but alas, here we are, especially coming off of a uh, last week our all time shitter. Um <laughs> that'll be the lowest we ever get, and we got a new top five the next week. And you know what? Looking at the rest of this month, this is it. This is the one. Mm. Uh I don't I don't know that another month will be quite as close to it. Like, I mean, Star Wars came in what, March? Yeah. No, February. February. Uh, if Yeah, if Star Wars came in February and it was a 5 out of 5, it might be tough. But I think Taxi Driver also came in February. It did. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have one of those this month. No. Dead Poet Society, Goodfellas, and Boys in the Hood. So. God damn. This is going to go pretty well this month. Could be a very strong month for sure. Yeah. Um, I, the only other month I see competing with it would be, uh, next month, June. Um, yeah, June is looking pretty strong. Well, June, we might have a pretty big week <laughs> yeah. at one point. Uh, if we, so hard to see how that weighs into the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, Maybe we just, you know, we take the amalgamation score like overall <laughs> of that week. And it's, yeah, we'll, we'll get there though. 94 was a big year for movies. It's a pretty big year. A very big year. Um, but yeah, My Neighbor Totoro uh, ends up at a 4.92 out of 5 stars on our Penny Bloom official rating you know, scale. I'm, I'm starting to think that the scale, there may be something to it, you know, because it's a... It took... I was like, as soon as as soon as we started getting rolling with it, I was like, this thing is fucking perfect. We've done a, <laughs> we've done a number of scales, and at, at some point, they all cause some some... 
you know, some questions and maybe regrets, but this one I feel like is a uh, is holding up pretty reliable. Pretty deep into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have I have reliable. the whole Excel sheet. If anyone, you know, would like for the research purposes on how great this uh, grading scale is, um, maybe if the Oscars would like to adapt it, um, we'll take a small cut. You know, it's yeah, okay. Of course, cut um, the check. Yeah, you know, just it's all right. Or IMDb, you know. Talk to us on the side. Send us a DM. Uh, Colton will tell you more in the in the outro there how to do that. That's right. That's right. So, but yeah, my neighbor Totoro ended up being one of the uh, one of the best we've watched so far on our fifty two year journey through film. And this was our nineteenth movie, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. Uh, and next week we'll be wrapped up with the eighties with 1989's Dead Poet Society, and then after the eighties. We're going to do another one of our great Penny Bloom Film Awards with uh, covering the 80s there with our own personal categories, including Best Actor, Director, Actress, stuff like that, all the way down the list. Uh, and the only nominations available are from the movies we watched from the 80s, uh, which makes it nice and nice and fun. And I can't wait for that. And after Dead Poet Society, that'll be coming. But uh, yeah, I was Colton Robertson. Joined, of course, by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And, of course, again, joining us on the 52-year journey through film, Tavares Pennington. Thank you very much, homie. It's been been a pleasure. been a pleasure. Oh, it was a pleasure to have you. And if you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find well over 21 hours of exclusive content at this point. And uh, actually, just before this episode, me and Joe... Went on a nice, uh, went on a nice little run where we discussed a lot of fast food stuff, and then we ended up discussing, uh, you know, the climate crisis as our conversations usually devolve into. As you do, yeah. Um, from fries yeah, to uh, climate that, that'll be <laughs> that episode will be titled uh, "Nobody Needs That Much Sour Cream," uh, and it will be from uh, it'll be from a couple months back. So go and find it. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of content since then too. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, also follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod, where uh, I will keep this uh, this updated list going of what movies we're watching. And uh, next week's is 1989's Dead Poets Society. But if that were to change, it won't. But if it were, you would find out on Twitter uh, and you can be sure to watch whatever movie we're watching that week. Uh, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember... Peace, love, and bloom. And we are the wind. Mm-hmm.